Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. With me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast Shropshire Cricket League Show, episode 49. I'm James Hurl, and once again, I am joined by my two best friends. <laughs> I don't like that. We're not friends, we're associates. <laughs> I am once again joined by my two very good friends, the one and only Joss Elliott, and the man with the most infamous Birmingham League ton, Andy Harrison. Welcome back, boys. The season is over. Yeah, we're at that stage. Normally, once the season's done, I have a couple of weekends of enjoying not having cricket, but then I start wondering what to do with my Saturdays and want to be playing cricket again. So I'm just about got to that stage already, which is a bit depressing. Six months away from the season. Yeah, rolled straight into indoor though, Joss, and got some of that to enjoy. But this is the end of season review. So we've got plenty to talk about on this podcast. Things like, what's going to happen with the relegation promotion, discuss what's happened in the leagues and the news everyone wants to know and the biggest hot topic in Shropshire cricket at the moment, which club is Andy Harrison going to be signing for next season? Anyway, Andy, how are we? Very well, thank you. As I always say, uh, I love new kit. Um, and the other thing is friends. You said friends? We're associates, Okay. Not how, how big is your wardrobe? I know you like new kit, but <laughs> I'm glad you said wardrobe. Then I pay just over a hundred pound uh, per month for a unit, and it's not for my decorating equipment; it's for my kit. So yeah, I, I can't fit it all in my wardrobe, unfortunately. Surprise! You had so many clubs. <laughs> so Andy, any 
any ideas, any inklings, any clues you want to give us? Maybe maybe give us a small clue to start with, and then we'll try and work it out by the end of the podcast. Well, I, I, I'm going to be moving, unfortunately. Obviously, I've had a, a good chat with uh, Muz. So, yeah, obviously, uh, it's a club. The clue I'll give you is it's a club I've previously played for. It's not really a clue, so, is it? Um, it's not really a clue. It means they're in Shropshire because you've played yeah, for all of them. I've played for most of them, yeah. Um, I was thinking about going to another club, you know, just to make, you know, so got another one. Outside mark, Shropshire? You know. Yeah. You know, I think I've had more clubs than women, to be honest with you. Um, but um, What, two? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a club I've previously paid for and uh, and that's the only clue. So you got about 15 to choose from. It's Action Ronald, isn't it? AD <laughs> Hudson's been on the phone. You're going back to Reynolds. That was my. With all, that was my with all due respect to Reynolds, the level you belong at. <laughs> Someone scored some runs this season. Oh, I, I think it's the uh, wasn't it the division he finished in last season, Joss? I think it probably was actually. Yeah, I haven't really examined, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think you're, you're not far wrong. <laughs> anyway let's get ourselves moving and um we'll start ourselves with our first division and the premier division okay so starting with the premier division and your champions for 2023 are wellington cricket club they finished with 366 points losing the final game of the season so they narrowly missed out on becoming the invincibles going a whole season unbeaten but quat got the victory on the day wellington finishing on 366 points Wem were in second place on 327 points. In third, uh, Whitchurch with 311. In fourth place, Quat with 284. In fifth, Ozestry with 254. In sixth, Sentinel with 221. Ludlow, one point behind them. Shelton, two points behind them. Shrewsbury, second 11, seven points behind them on a 211. Then the bottom three, it went down to the final weekend of the season and St. George's did it. They <laughs> defied the odds. They beat Whitchurch. Uh, which has pretty much guaranteed their safety this year. They finished on 172 points, five points ahead of Maidley, who finished on 167. And then a long way back, 91 points behind are Newport with 71 points. So before we talk about the bottom of the table... What a season for Wellington. And they finished it off by getting promoted via the Birmingham League playoffs. Lost their first game against Old Hill. So had a big uphill challenge from there. Pardon the pun. And uh, then beat Alton and West Warwickshire in their second game. And then beat Milford Hall in a game where they had to pretty much spank them and reduce them to less than four bonus points and somehow they pulled it out the bag amazing stuff from Wellington and topped off a fantastic season as in between the Birmingham League playoffs they had the national T20 plate finals which they won as well what a season for Wellington Joss I was going to say you know, this league table doesn't really even do them justice this is almost like where it started because the climax of the season where their Birmingham League playoff adventures if you like was 
absolutely phenomenal. What what a climax. You know, they lose their first game, have to win their next two to get through. And even having won their second game, the margin of victory they needed to win their third game to get through is just, I was just thinking they've got no chance. And just, you know, the, the scoreboard filtering through when they're playing Milford Hall. Absolutely unbelievable scenes. Fair play to them. What a season they've had. I think we're going to be talking to Matt Stenson a bit later, but fair play to everyone involved at Wellington Cricket Club. They've done absolutely phenomenally this year. Yeah, I we had so many messages from people on all forms of social media saying they can't believe what happened and what an amazing result. Andy, question to you, just as Joss said, have you ever seen a climax just like it? I've seen quite a few, but... Um, <laughs> Now, um, an astonishing season um, for Wellington. Absolutely over the moon from they're a great club, well run. Uh, as you say, we're going to speak to Matt uh, Stinson later on and get some insights with the club, really, and how they're going to go forward. But just from that season, you just can't beat it. They, they can't. It can't be beaten again, can it? It's an unbelievable campaign. Um, they've obviously won the league by a bigger margin than I thought they would. Um, and there's some, some really good size in the league. I mean, I tipped Whitchurch to win the league. They finished third. Um, but, I mean, things like the plate. Um, I went to watch the finals day. Uh, only, I could only get down for the, uh, the semi-final. But you wouldn't believe it. It was a, it was a really, really poor misfield by Shrewsbury, uh, Shrewsbury second team that pretty much gave them a super over. They needed two runs to win. Um, and a, a, sorry, two runs to tie, three runs to win. I hit it to a lad in the in the discs, and it come off his knee. He then picked it up, had a throw at the stumps, missed the stumps, and he got two runs. Like literally, Wellington were out. And it, I think just little things like that, and a bit of team camaraderie, you could just see they were together. Just goes such a long way. And, and you know, from that day onwards, it just just blasted it won everything and it, it's a hell of an achievement well done to them and hearing things like uh, Wendell retiring I mean what a way to go out I mean he's a superstar great player great advocate for Shropshire cricket and to go out like that I'm, I'm just over the moon for him and over the moon for the club really so well done Wellington so as you mentioned there are some the season that they've done it this season has got some stellar Shropshire clubs in it Wem, Whitchurch, Quat, Oswald Street, Sentinel, Ludlow, and then you've got your sides like Shelton, Shrewsbury Twos, St George's Maidley. Uh, what a season! And to nearly go all the way unbeaten, fantastic from them. But Andy, looking at that table, what is the biggest surprise for you uh, looking at the Premier Division this season? Uh, biggest surprise? Um... There's just quite a lot of surprises, really. I think, um, you know, going into the season, I I did think Ludlow wouldn't strike twice, uh, but I didn't quite think they'd end up seventh in the league. And um, I think that's probably the biggest shock, really. I mean, Newport, we I think we knew they were going to be in a bit of trouble, but I didn't think it'd be that much trouble. Um, 76 points, I, I don't know if it's a record, but... It's a pretty disappointing season for them, and I do have—I do feel really, really sorry for them. It must have been a really hard campaign. Um, but again, I—I I think probably, probably Ludlow's the one that stands out to me. Sentinel, I've always been in the top four for years, but again, I mean, they're great, great friends of mine and good friends of the pod. But I do look at their squad and think I, I think the teams above them are better than them. So um, that's. One, it's probably not such a shock. Oswestry as well, maybe. 
Walter Street finishing in fifth um, after a struggle last year. What an impressive fight back, really. I, I, I was going to say, I think Walter Street, for me, on a positive, is one of the one of the biggest shocks. And I mean that in a good way, because, mm. you know, they weren't going to be in that division. To finish fifth, they've done really, really well. They've had a great season. And uh, I was a bit surprised by Newport. I must admit, you're obviously more in the know with what happens in the Prem, but I thought they'd do better than that. Uh, Shrewsbury, I think, have had a, probably not, not a good season by their standards to finish ninth and obviously their firsts went down as well so you've only you've only got to look at a lot of these first teams and they've had a real tough season Shrewsbury so I think I think it's a credit to their seconds to keep fighting and stay up actually because you know when a club's in a bad run sometimes it can affect your second team so I think they should be very happy with themselves staying up because they're a good side they've got some very good youngsters and they belong in that league First, second 11, since second 11s were allowed in the Prem to stay up. Is that genuine? Yeah. Wow. Well done, Shrewsbury then. I'll take my half to you. I think that, I, I, as I say, I just think the season they first have had, which has been a, a, a big shame for Shropshire Cricket, seeing them go down from the, the Birmingham Prem, uh, to see Shrewsbury stay up, I think that is a little bit of, it, it's something nice for them. Because if they'd have both gone down, what a, what a bad season that would have been. So well done to the, the second team. Given how close it was in the Prem last season, um, are we a bit surprised that Wellington have won it so convincingly in the end? 55 points ahead of Whitchurch, 39 points ahead of Wem in second, 82 points ahead of Quats. Are we surprised that other teams haven't run them a bit closer this season? Well, I don't know, but hopefully find out more from Matt a bit later on, but results speak for themselves. And, you know, Dan Lloyd, he's still relatively young. He's done a tremendous job on leading that team. So, hats off to them, you know, as you say, they nearly went unbeaten, almost the Invincibles. That, that for me, speaks for itself. So, well done. Well done, then. Um, I, I'm, I'm obviously quite surprised, as I said before, um, I tipped Whitchurch to win the league. Um, I didn't know how Wem would, would cope this year coming back into the league. Obviously, they had a, a fantastic overseas. Um, I think weather comes into it quite a bit as well. Um, I think Wellington, there's no doubt about it. To go all season losing one game, they completely deserve it. But I think a few of the teams, you just don't know if the weather would have been a bit more on their side. The likes of Wem. Um, I've obviously I've kept a look at all their their fixtures and results. I think Weather did hit them quite hard, and I think they could have maybe if they had a couple of games on that weren't uh, that weren't on, they might have pushed them a bit further. Um, I think looking at Whitchurch, they possibly could have done a bit better as well. But I think I think all the other teams, I'm not really surprised where they are. I'm really not. And I think I think Quat might be in a bit of a rebuild. I think they've signed a few players last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sign a few more again next year and become a, a force again. So uh, I do expect it to tighten up next year. Yeah. And uh, let's look at the bottom of the table. And Maidley and Newport and St. George's going into those final, those final weeks. And none of them could really buy a win. Only... Maidley and St George's going into the final week had both got one win in the second half of the season and everything else was defeats. Maidley's victory coming against St George's and uh, St George's victory coming against Newport and uh, Maidley having to face Oswestry and St George's having to face Whitchurch. St George's pulled it off. They pulled off the miracle and especially with as many players leaving the club at partway through the season as well. 
a terrific achievement and not quite sure what might be happening with Maidley yet as Wellington going up via the Birmingham League playoffs. It does leave that little bit of grey area. Do the league relegate them and Newport and then promote three from below? Or do they just relegate Newport and then promote just the top two? Now, if you're the league, you're probably looking at that and saying there's five points between Maidley and St. George's. And as we've mentioned before, that gap between Div 1 and the Prem is quite vast. Do they just go, look, we probably fancy Maidley over whoever's finished third. I don't want to uh, give anything away before we go on to our next division. But um, yeah, decisions to be made there. And also you've got to think about what will happen in the divisions below as well in regards to teams going up and down. So uh, yeah, guys, what are your thoughts on all of the stipulations and things in the bottom of the Prem? Yeah, so I think we covered this on our last last um Cast, podcast because um, this this league already finished so St George's had already pulled off the great escape fair play to them what a tremendous result against Whitchurch and ironically I think mainly might well be saved by their, their East Shropshire rivals Wellington um, get, getting promoted I, and I, I do think it'll just be the one down I, I think I think Newport are so far adrift that it builds a case if you like for only one going down um, obviously Newport are down they're that far adrift but because they're that far adrift the league might just say everyone else is a lot better than with all due respect to Newport. Yep, I uh, couldn't agree more with what Josh just said. Um, I really think this is one of the easier decisions that, that the committee could make. Um, I think the, the gap is so tight uh, and we've seen it all before. <clears throat> Historically, looking at teams going up from Division 1 uh, to the Prem, normally they do uh, go straight back down, which I, you know, I always hope it's not the case, but I know from uh, experience of playing for Kund um, years ago, it, it was a case where we, we did yo-yo. Um, so I think it would it would 100% make sense, but it's very sad to see them three teams at the in the bottom three, but it's amazing how they're three clubs that have lost a lot of players in the last few years. You know, you look at their team. I've had a look at their teams on a Saturday at times and thought, I don't know half of them. And I think that just makes a, a big difference when you look at teams like Shelton, uh, Ludlow, Sentinel, Oswestry. I mean, I, I don't know what Oswestry are completely like, but I, I know most of the team there. They've kept the same team for a, quite quite a you know long period of time, and I think that makes a big difference. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised to see them all down there, but yeah, I think I think it would make sense to keep Maidy in the league. I really do. Yeah, and. You look at Newport, they finished 6th in 2019, 8th in 2021, 7th last season. Madeley similar, 9th in 2019, 6th in 2021, 6th last season, then finished 11th. St George's got relegated in 2019, came first and came straight back up in 2021 and then finished 9th last year. So these sides are pretty much in and around that lower mid-table region. And maybe it's... If you're not competing, you can lose players to sides at the top who think that they are. And, you know, Shabir Khan leaving has been massive, no doubt, for Newport losing all of those wickets. And, yeah, it's it's going to be... There's going to be a decision to be made. And, um, yeah, as we say this, uh, Matt Stinson is just coming on on the line so we're gonna welcome him welcome matt what a season uh for your boys in the prem and in the birmingham league playoffs this season unbelievable isn't it 
um, um, unbelievable season, lads. It's what, what one lot we've not had. Um, obviously, the most successful season we had really was when 2002, 2003, when we won the Birmingham Prem, when we had the likes of Chris Rogers opening the batting and you know lads like that kind of thing and all local lads. Um, and that that's that was our kind of highlight year, and that's when we peaked. And since then, it's kind of stuck in the Birmingham League, and then obviously came down and our object was to go back up and eventually obviously we have done. Yeah so as you mentioned uh, it was a bit of a project you weren't like most sides who come down from the Birmingham League and looking to you brought through the youth and one of those players who's come through who you've brought across and who's gone from strength to strength was young Hugh Morris who won young player of the year. Yeah um, yeah it was, I mean Hugh was a prospect that joined us a few years ago and um, we had a bit of a push we you know, in terms of looking at the budget and what we spend, we brought in a coach uh, at the time and set up an academy and just kind of reached out to local clubs as a level three coach on offer um, to do some winter training and join our academy. But it wasn't just a case of come in, you'll have some winter coaching and that's it. The kind of the object was if you if, if you join that, you commit at least a season to Wellington. Um, and obviously Hugh came over from Ponsbury, he was 15 at the time. Um, started in the thirds, had a season in the thirds, and then we he kind of came into the seconds, skipped that a little bit from availability perspective and performed well. Um, but yeah, we had to kind of take it easy on him to start with. And what we tried to do with Hugh in particular in the thirds was, you know, there were times as a second team captain, I was like, I want him, I want him in my team. But we saw him as the kind of player that he is now, and the third, and we, me and the third team captain agreed, you know, we need to get this lad a role, make sure that he's an all-rounder, he opens a bowl in bats five or six because in four or five years' time, that's what we want him to do in the first team. Um, we, we, want him, we want him winning us games of cricket, bat and ball. Um, so that was the plan with Hugh and I hope, luckily it's worked out. Yeah, talking about the season that you've had this year, now every other season you finish there and thereabouts, but not really challenging promotion. You finished pretty much mid-table, fifths and sevenths since you've come back. Was this season something that you expected or or did you feel like you knew that this, this day was going to come this season? Um, obviously, you don't, you don't start the season saying we're going to have the season that we did. Um, it, it's pr- pretty hard to predict what's happened, but we, we always knew with the lads that we had um, and with the overseas that we had and the, and the structure that we had in place, we knew we were going to be there or thereabouts. Obviously, we come fifth and seventh. We've got to remember, we won, we won the, what we call the Mega Bowl Obviously, that game at Werfield, um, we won in the COVID year kind of thing, which gave us a bit of a boost in terms of a bit of recruitment as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, just the way that Lloydie's led it, mate. He's You guys have met him. He's just so relaxed. And just having been briefly in the side in the hundreds day finals and been in the change rooms that day, he's just, there's just no pressure. Just go and enjoy it. Enjoy your cricket. Like, just, just, that, just you know, that's what it's been all year and the lads have obviously thrived from it. There's been no kind of, we must win, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, no target set, no nothing. It's just been, just go and enjoy yourself, lads, and enjoy a game of cricket. Obviously, Matt, um, obviously unbelievable season, winning winning everything you, you've entered this season, really. Um, but obviously we've seen uh, Wendell's retired, coming, well, talking from experience, playing against him many, many times. Great cricketer, Shropshire cricket legend, really, who's been around for so, so long and has done brilliantly everywhere he's gone. Um, I also hear rumours that Dan Lloyd might be away for a part of next season. Um, can you can you sort of fill us in? Are the, are the club looking to maybe make a few signings? Because um, obviously, talking from experience of playing a bit of Birmingham League cricket for the last few years, 
obviously you're going to have to sign and, and strengthen, I would have thought, um, for next season. Is that you offering to join us? Is it Andy? Is you looking for a new club, mate? I know what you like. <laughs> I do like new um, kit, though. I've always said that. <laughs> Never scored a run at Wellington, though, have you? Um, but no. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, obviously with Wendell retiring, he's been an unbelievable servant for us in Shropshire cricket. Um, we've got to replace 70 wickets and 500 runs in all comps, um, which is, as you know, and uh, boys, it's, it's, a, it's a massive ask to do. Um, I, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't if I was saying that we weren't looking out, we we had conversations and we're, we'd be naive to not look and strengthen. Um, we're quite an attractive club to come to now in terms of going up to the Birmingham League, um, you know, for, for the lads around Shropshire the League and stuff. We, you know, we, we are we, we are going to be looking to recruit. There's no doubt about that. In terms of Lloydie, um, he's obviously he's currently in Bogota. Um, the last we heard of Lloydie was um, got on a flight to a day after the um, playoff final. Um, and he then said, I'll be back at Christmas. And then after that, I'm not sure. So Lloydy being Lloyd, he's just quite open about it. He's just a young lad that wants to travel the world a little bit, taking a bit of time off work. Um, and he's either, he's not said I'm around for 20 games or I'm not going to be around at all. He's that, that kind of thing, really. He's, he's been pretty honest with us. Like I said, so yeah. So again, if he's not around all season, Add on to Wendell, we've got to find hundred wickets and a thousand runs from somewhere. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be tough, as you know. Um, but I'd, I'd like to think that, like I said, going up in the season that we had, um, winning all the things that we did, we've put ourselves out there. It's quite an attractive club to come to. And uh, I was actually going to ask exactly the same question Andy's just asked you, but um, and can I say congratulations to Wellington as well? Superb achievement. Is uh, Mr. Is Mr. Machine going to stay with you? Uh, again, it, we we would we would. He's he's never been a problem for us. He's a, he's a great player. Um, we've not it's not been decided yet, yay or nay, um, whether he is going to be playing for us or not. We know what he offers. He's been a massive, massive reason the lads have done what they've done this year. Off the pitch, he's been down like he's been down the nets every night with the lads, as you know, training wise. We used to do two nights a week. Lads have got different work commitments, family commitments, and whatever. But William has been down there from five till seven every night, Monday to Friday, and the lads have just been able to drop down, bowling machine. He's been chucking balls at them and doing some fielding and things like that with them. And he's been a massive reason as to why the lads have performed the way they have done. The likes of Dan Vaughan, I know he's been down three or four times a week and he scored 600 runs in all comps. So um, that's not that's not been decided. He is part he is part of the discussions that we're having. But obviously when we first brought William in, we had a certain criteria to fill for an overseas with losing Wendell um, and a couple of other a couple of other lads university wise and not going to be around all season we've got kind of got a different criteria to fill so it's whether or not you know there's anything else but yeah it's not it's not been confirmed yet yeah as you mentioned there's a few players who have left and uh, what a performance in the playoffs having lost the first game against Old Hill then going on the run that he did beating Alton and West Warwickshire and then beating Milford Hall who pretty much by everyone by everyone's <laughs> predictions were the side that were guaranteed to go through as they only needed a couple points but to beat them as comprehensively as you did to stop them from going up what a day. What was that like at Wellington on that day? Uh, as you can imagine, it was tense, losing the first game to Old Hill. I think from what the lads were saying, that the, the game was won on the toss with the wicket that was that was produced. Um, so whoever won the toss would have won the game. Um, but in terms of the last game, 
I think what ha- what helped us in some respects was the the pressure was on them. They needed to they needed to get get their well. They needed four points to be guaranteed to obviously beat us. You know, we're not not have us catch them up if you like. Um, with us batting first, that puts us in a great position. I think the the idea was to not give them any kind of bowling points um, from the get go. Go as long as we can, non down, to put pressure on them to go get four batting points to get two twenty if they didn't win. Um, Obviously, we lost. A, they got a couple of batting points, a couple of bowling points. Um, the only thing that we that was tense was in terms of the net run rate. Obviously, if if, if they were to get, they were supposed to. If they got eighty-eight for one batting point, one thirty odd for two, because the game was reduced to forty-four overs. So there were so many lads on on their phones looking at net run rate, googling stuff, and got their calculators out. And the representatives from the Birmingham League were there. Were asking them. They were keeping quite quiet about what would happen and what was going on in the other game, obviously as well. So it was pretty. It was a bit. It was a strange one because when when we took the final wicket, it was massive because we knew it was less than eighty eight. But then it was kind of like, are we up? Is that it? And we're looking at the Birmingham representatives. They were like, I think so. But what's the net run rate now? Not sure. So all those kind of questions. It wasn't if it was like the final wicket was taken and there was a pitch invasion and beer everywhere. It was very much like the lads had gone in the dressing room. What's going on? So it's quite weird, but obviously an, an amazing day. An amazing day for the club. Yeah. An unbelievable season, having only lost two games, or both of those, one against Quat and the one game against Old Hill in the Birmingham League playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't mind me asking, let's talk about the futures of the sides below. So mm-hmm. the ones getting promotion yeah, to the Birmingham League potentially might have just saved your twos. Uh, but obviously... If the league decide to relegate the twos, as we never know uh, what might happen, that will send your threes down. Obviously, with your ones going to the Birmingham League, you'd probably think that they'll they might only relegate one from Division One. But what's the plan moving forward for the twos and the threes? Obviously, you're losing some players from the ones, and we've had Alex Taylor come on here many times and talk about the structure that you've got for selecting and everything like that. And it's, it's all really very good, but um, is it going to be recruitment across also? Are you still going to look for, to promote from within? Um, bit of both, to be honest. I mean, in terms of obviously our, our aim has always been to have, you know, a, a self-sustainable club, you know, the fact that we haven't got to rely on anybody else. We, we, we've got plenty of junior members and, senior members that, that that play a game of cricket. And I think after coming down from the Birmingham League, we kind of realised not not everything's about cricket and life and there's other things going on in life that you need to worry about. So we've kind of had that. We'll, we'll, we'll be where we'll be. Um, if if the seconds are in Div 1, great. If they're in Div 2, not a problem. We'll still put out a side. And if the threes go down, fair enough. We'll still get a bunch of lads that want to play a game of cricket and girls. Obviously, we've got a thriving girls section that are coming up. Um, but yeah, but we, we, we're looking seriously at our, our kind of pathway. Obviously, the fifth team have had a really good season. They've gone up to Sunday Div One, um, which is which is a, a good standard on a Sunday. We know that lads can't play on a Saturday and should be playing on a Saturday at a good level, but play on a Sunday. But we're just looking at our pathway and how we can actually give our junior cricketers some some exposure to to, to adult cricket, which kind of puts them off a little bit. The fourth have had a bit of a tough season this year. Um, you know, you look at the Calver Hall game where we just about put a side out and they. The only game they kind of put a team together for four weeks in a row, they pumped 380 against us. And, you know, but we put a team out and we've always kind of had that kind of pride that we put a team at whatever level we play at. So if we stay in the second, if we stay in Div One, great. 
means I'm going to find an umpire um, <laughs> every, every week. But if the if the threes go down again, they, they they go down. But we want to just be at the we want to be in a league where all teams are competitive. Um, you know, we, we we don't want to be we, we don't want to be in a league where we are the too strong or too weak. We just want to be competing every week and giving our youngsters that exposure to winning games of cricket and being competitive. No one enjoys being pumped. So I've always admired Wellington and commended them on this podcast for their, their teams have always been fairly evenly spaced through the leagues, which which is for me very very healthy. Um, and there must be some politics that goes on in a team with that many clubs. But fair play to you. Are you a bit concerned that the gap between the first and the second is going to straight? I know you've just sort of said it doesn't bother you to play where you play, but is it concerned mm-hmm. you if you've got if you've got a fringe player that's between the first and the second, they might be in. Birmingham League one week and then Div two the next week is that a concern for you or the club? Um, I, I wouldn't say a concern. It's, it's something that's been noticed. We, we realise it's it's probably about an equivalent of a five division jump. You know, like it's not just saying, oh well, the ones are going to be three divisions above. We know that the and the, you know from the Shropshire Prem to the Birmingham League is like two or three divisions. So we know it's going to be going to be um, going to be tough, but. You know, our youngsters and our lads who are members of the club want, want to be playing the highest standard of cricket possible. I think there's a lot of them that are excited that they could potentially be playing in the Birmingham League. And, you, you know, you don't look at the Birmingham League and see that lads are bowling up there and going at two, three and over. That There's lads going at four, four, t- 10, 14 and over and they're still playing each week. So, just a, like I said, it's just a game of cricket and we've just got to, you know, we've got to, we, we recognise that. And if we don't, if we do go down, does that mean that we're, you know, a riskier club to join, if you like, because of the drop from the ones to the twos. I don't know, but from conversations we've had over the last couple of weeks in terms of recruitment, we're, we're quite we're, we're quite happy with what's going on. Yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, your fours and threes and twos had different seasons compared to ones. Is there any kind of reason behind how the ones have done so well and uh, the other sides not done as well as they usually do this season? I think availability has been the key. I mean, from a second team point of view, I know I've used at least 35 plus lads um, throughout the season, um, which, you, you know, when you do your batting order each week or whatever, you think, God, like, oh, my, my lad who, who scored 70 for me last week, he's not available for the next four weeks because he's working. Whereas with Lloyd and the, and the lads in the Wattons, he's had a core of about 13 or 14 that have just been available. And and he's worked. He, he plots it out on an Excel spreadsheet at the start of the season when they're going to be on holiday and stuff. And and he knows that he can rely on a couple of others to come in and play. And you know, every week at selection, Lord, he's like, "Yep, yeah, same as last week." Or, or one's dropped out, but so and so is coming in. Doesn't affect anybody below because you know they're, they're just a group of Wellington lads that all grew up with Lloydy or around his age group, and they're just happy to go and play for him. There are some lads, I arguably, that could be playing batting in the top five for me and opening the bowling, but. They're playing for Lloyd, they're batting seven or eight and they, they, they want to do it and they're top fielders, they've had a role and they've just enjoyed playing cricket. And as you know, lads, winning's a great habit. If you're winning games, people are available more. If you're getting pumped each week or things aren't going great, if you've got a wedding to go to or you've got, a, you know, my mate's having a few beers for a stag, oh, sorry, I can't play, I'm going out kind of thing. But if you're winning games of cricket and you're like, you could be going up, then, you know, that's... You know, that's what people are available. So that's been the biggest difference. There's been nothing in terms of we're going to push everything in the first team, forget about the rest. It's just been natural availability. Okay, so final question. Um, thank you for coming on and joining us for this one, Matt. Um, final question for me is obviously 
Wendell, Lloydy get the headlines uh, and Mishinga obviously get the headlines whenever we talk and uh, whenever most people see. But there are unsung heroes at all clubs. Is there anyone that you would like to give a mention to and anyone who doesn't normally get that the headlines for Wellington who, who you feel should do for everything that's happened in the last, it doesn't have to be this season, but the last few seasons since you've gone down from the Birmingham League to bring your club back to where they are now on on, on the pitch in terms of the first team i think i think quietly dan dan vaughan you know our opening back five six hundred runs plus in all comps he, he like I said he trains three times a week he, he, because he's a quiet lad he's not very well out he's not well outspoken kind of thing he goes under the radar a little bit of how much he does um and he helps Lloydie out a lot this year in terms of selection availability and you know field placements all that kind of stuff captaincy wise um, some of you another lad you guys know Steve Brooks is, is another one lads I mean you've, you've played against Brooksy and, and the, the lad again he, he trains three or four times a week and there's been games this year in the ones where he, he's an absolutely nothing other than field in the bat at 11 but he throws himself around he took some like there's what he, in, in the final against Milford Hall Lloydie's bowled this the absolutely ranked ball and the lads absolutely pumped it, and look, and and Brooksy took a one-handed diving catch above his head like Collingwood, and it's like, where's that come from? He's won us a game of cricket there essentially because the lad who got out was unbelievable. And again, he's just if he's been dropped to the twos, yep, no problem, that's fine. I'll, I'll work in my game. I'll go back up. It's lads like that that we've got in our club that really kind of epitomise it. If he gets dropped, he's like, oh, I'm not going to play on batting eleven, not bowling. No, I'm not playing for you again. He's just done what he needed to do. And that's been a massive reason why Lloydie's lads have, have done what they've done because they've had that culture. Um, but there is obviously behind the scenes a lot of work, chairman, secretary, cricket chairman, ground staff, getting games of cricket on. The amount of games of cricket we've had on is unbelievable. You know, you think of all the midweek games, Sunday games, two games down there on a Sunday, junior games, Shropshire on the board all, all the time. Can we have a final here? Can we have an under-15 game here? Our calendar's unbelievable and the ground staff do an unbelievable job. So there's just a lot that goes into it. So it's a massive collective effort off the pitch as well. Um, so, so yeah, just, 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 just obviously proud, proud to be part of the club and just, just, just an unbelievable club to be a part of. Yeah. Well, um, obviously thanks very much for coming on, Matt. Uh, I knew you'd be the perfect bloke to, uh, to call. And honestly, I've, I just can't believe we're going to speak about it after on the on the podcast. But what an unbelievable season! And uh, hats off to everyone. It's not it's not just the first team. It's uh, it's the full club. Uh, and we know how good you are and how how well you run. And uh, obviously next season, I hope you go just as well and have a great season. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah, just echo Andy's thoughts. Just best luck for next year and congratulations on what you've done this year. Superb, well done, mate. Cheers, Josh. Cheers, lads. Uh, have a good winter. Go well and um, hopefully catch you all in the bar at some point next year. 100%. You don't have to ask us twice. But yeah, thank you very much, Matt. Uh, enjoy your pork dinner. <laughs> cheers, cheers, lads. Just sat right next to me now. <laughs> <laughs> all the best, mate. Cheer up. Bye cheers, bye. fellas. Go well. Cheers, brother. Take- Fantastic that for Matt. Thank you very much, Matt, for coming on the podcast. Really insightful stuff there. Um, I've I've played against Matt loads of times. He's an absolute belter of a lad. Um, he's literally Wellington through and through. He's what I'd probably call a cricket badger. Um, so, yeah, he spoke very, very well and gives a real good insight to Wellington Cricket Club because I've no doubt in my mind, on the back of a great year like that, it's going to be a hell of a slog for him this year because 
I think the goal will be to stay up. Uh, I don't think we actually spoke to him about that, but I think the goal will be just to stay in the Birmingham League and, and as a club and, and get some stability and be a Birmingham League cl- club again because it, it's going to be a really... Every, every week's going to be exciting for him, so I wish him the best of luck. And they deserve it with people like like him at the club that do so much. They, they deserve it. And, and yeah, he did, as you say, he did. Speak, he spoke so well, and he's so knowledgeable about Wellington Cricket Club. Obviously, his club captain, he has to have his finger on the pulse of everything. But you know, everything through him, he had the answer, and he's obviously so dedicated to that club. And and you know, they're they're obviously a very healthy club. And best luck to them in the Birmingham League. I can't say it enough. Yeah, big shout out to Andy on the recruitment there. Well done, mate. We've 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 played into that because we realised that no one responds to my messages. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey. <laughs> honestly, I have. It, it's no problem at all. But obviously, talking about Chris Rogers playing a few years ago, do you reckon he might come out of retirement for next season? What do you reckon? An ex Australian international Test cricketer uh, could we see him back at Wellington? I don't know. What I want to know is: Has Andy ever played for Wellington, Joss? Is this? Oh. Uh, Ah, transfer rumours, maybe. Mm. Are, are they the one he hasn't played for? I have never played for Wellington. So that's the one. Joe Yap played at Wellington and Callum Marsh, not, yeah, not me. Yeah, no, yeah. I was a junior at Shrewsbury. Okay, so we'll finish off the Prem and we'll read out who the league have chosen as the team of the year. So your opening two are Mike Robinson and Maz Hasnain Jaffrey, three Robbie Clark, four Jimmy Shaw, five Mohamed Irfan, six Will Sparrow, seven Dan Lloyd, who they've picked as their captain. Uh, Will Sparrow was also the wicketkeeper. Eight, Wendell Wagner, who has been nominated as player of the division. Nine, Hugh Morris. Ten, Dan Bowen. And 11, Joe Williams. So, Mohamed Irfan is the leading run scorer in the league. He got 702 runs. Uh, Leah Leah Thomas was the person who got the best, highest individual score with 146. The best average in the league was Jimmy Shaw with 73.67. Maz Hasnain Jaffrey with 650s was your leader on that one. Mohamed Irfan and Jimmy Shaw, who both got two tons each, who led the way with that. With the ball in the Prem this season, Kuldeep Diwan was your leading wicket-taker with 59 wickets. He edged out last season's victor, Joe Williams, by one wicket. Uh, most overs was bowled by Joe Williams this season, 238 overs. Most maidens went to Mohamed Irfan with 57, which means a third of his overs were maidens this season unbelievable stuff that he also had a best bowling of seven for 15 if anyone's interested he also had five five wicket hauls he had an econ rate of 2.2 and an average of seven all of those were top of the class and the best strike rate was from edward prideau who got a strike rate of 14 but if you go if you want people who have got more than 15 wickets. You are looking at Kuldeep Diwan with 17.47 with Mohamed Irfan coming in very close. So guys, um, yeah, pretty spot on that team of the year, do we think? Um, I certainly believe that's uh, a superb 11 they've put together. Um, 
I'm not surprised at all with with any of that. Really, I think um, the Wellington players are in completely deserve their spot. Mohamed Efran has had an absolutely fantastic season, but I don't want to get all sloppy. But honestly, Wendell deserves so much credit for what he's given to Shropshire cricket um, ever since he's he started playing in in the Shropshire leagues, and to see him uh, get Player of the Year is is fantastic on his last year because I'm I'm absolutely gutted. You know, him and uh, someone we'll talk about a bit later have, have hung up their uh, their cricket boots. Um, so it's a sad, sad day for Wellington. Obviously, I, I think we spoke before to, to Matt about it. It's going to be a, a, it's sad to see him walk away. Um, but he deserves to be in there. And uh, honestly, the, the rest of them, you couldn't pick anyone anyone better, could you? Joss, what are your thoughts on, on this team of the year? Well, um, I'll be honest, I don't really follow the Premier League performance, individual performances that much. But if you look at the stats, I think the league have got it pretty much spot on. Although they probably don't look, looking at some of the uh, lower league teams of the year, they obviously don't look at the stats very much. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'll have to believe you on that one, Joss. It's a fact. <laughs> Division 7. I did. I did have a look at the uh, the stats. I thought the team looked really well balanced, and uh, I think they picked the right team in Division Seven. To be honest, Joss, you disagree? I take it. I've got one hundred and seven point seven five reasons to disagree. <laughs> Can you go through all them one hundred and seven reasons, please? Point seven five. Point seven five. I think it was done on strike rate, unfortunately, and that's why. Oh, that's oh, why that he finished oh shit! <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> you have to have a strike rate over of ten. Well, anyway, let's move. <laughs> let's move ourselves. You have on. to score a run to get a strike rate here. <laughs> no, I haven't got one. You look at you look at the top run scorers in the league. You have got Mohamed Erfan, William Mashinga, Yashoda Mendes. There, your one, two, three. All the overseas players, and um, they've picked Mohamed Erfan as their number one. And uh, especially we call Deep Diwan leading the wicket-takers. Mohamed Irfan coming in third there. But uh, yeah, the the paid players in the Prem very much dominating the top 10 in the run scorers there this season. So on that note, let's move ourselves on to our next division and Division 1. As me and Josh finish singing scenes from an Italian restaurant, we move ourselves we move ourselves on to our next division and division one. So your champions for 2023 are Frankton Cricket Club and they did it without warming up all season. What an achievement from the Frankton boys. And in second place, they run them hard all season, were all Scott Heath. And also in third place, Newtown. Frankton finished on 326 points. Allscott 312 points, so 14 points behind there. And Newtown finished on at 289 points. In fourth place, Beaumere Heath, the side who skyrocketed up the league. Really had a great end to the season in the side that you're probably thinking they're going to give it a good go next year. In fifth place, newly promoted Lillishaw with 240 points. One point behind them in sixth were Chirk. One point behind them in seventh were Schiffnell. Second 11, 
Two points behind them in eighth were Werfield, second 11. In ninth on 217 points were Kund. In 10th place on 208 points, so nine points behind them, were Roxeter and Uppington. In 11th place, uh, Wellington at second 11 with 189 points, so 29 points behind Roxeter there. And 39 points behind Wellington second 11 in last place were Bridge North second 11, the side who should have been applying their trade in the Premier Division this season. So guys, initial thoughts on Division 1 and we'll start with the person who played pretty much every game there this season, Andy Harrison. Andy. <laughs> oh, you twat. Haven't you from got a third? <laughs> twat. Um, <clears throat> what a great season for uh, for Frankton. I think um, one thing I'll always take from this season was a lot of the talk throughout the season was about um, a player that played for the team that finished below Frankton. And I think Frankton have gone along their business quite quietly and quite well and uh, I've ended up winning the league and it's an absolute credit to him. And um, obviously applying my trade after my injury this season in the uh, in the second team and enjoying playing Division 1 cricket again. Um, I was very lucky to play against Frankton last game of the season and uh, see for myself how good they are. And I played against um, All Scott and we beat them. And I played against Frankton. I did think personally as a team as a group of individuals they, they they're a better cricket side so um very impressed with their season well done frankton um but I, we might go on to it a bit later but there's there's a lot of teams that are finished in positions which uh i'm i'm very shocked about um i'm not very surprised about bridge north though i know um i know they asked to go down to division one uh and it is a shame but absolutely the right choice because it just wouldn't have been right if they'd have stayed in the Shropshire Prem. It would have been a really tough season and we don't want that. And sometimes we grumble about some of the decisions that are made and clubs wanting to go down leagues, but if it's for the right reasons, which it has proved, I think it's worked out well. Yeah. And I think something that we can officially mention on this pod at the end, like you mentioned, Frankton did uh, beat Schiffnell twos and with that they then did approach you Andy and asked you if you wanted to play for them next season but um, them not warming up was a major reason for you and obviously any team that you've got to go to has to has to have a warm-up for you to be uh, to, to be considered would we say well Frankton aren't the team I'm signing for uh, that's that's what I will say but they are such a good bunch of lads. I really like them. But, you know, I did ask them. I mean, I turned up at Schiffner. We were playing football. We were warming up. And the Frankton lads were just chilling. And I, I tell you what, it's a credit to them, actually, because they play some bloody good cricket. And just imagine if they warmed up. Imagine. What what would they be like? But I, I tell you what, I, I've really enjoyed watching this the top of this division all year because it's it, it's yo-yo between Frankton and Allscott and Newtown. Newtown were top, I think, for a while early on. And um, shame for them to miss out. But, you know, congratulations, Frankton. As Andy says, they, they, they deserve it, basically. Um, we, we spoke a lot about Ashish Ashish in, in, on this podcast and he's obviously had a phenomenal season, the, the runs he's had. But, but Frankton have... have Outdone all Scott, so well done, Frankton. Good, but as you say, good bunch of lads as well. As are all Scott, as are Newtown. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, Josh, an incredible season for Mashish Ashish. 1,185 runs in 17 innings with an average of 74. Um, the leading run score in the league. He also had the highest individual score of 221, the best average, the most hundreds. He got five of them. He missed out on having the most 50s as well. He only got a paltry four. Uh, <laughs> the leader as with five were Toby Jones and Jason Summers, who both got five and uh, the best strike rate he missed out by two which went to none other than Craig Zimmerheath who finished just behind him played exactly the same amount of innings and got 880 so 305 runs behind Ashish Ashish which just goes to show what a season he has had as a player. And uh, Ashish Ashish also second in the wickets for Division 1 with 44 wickets from 159 overs, 50 overs behind Dan Hill, who uh, was the leading wicket-taker in Division 1. Um, in third place was Tom Anderson with 30. Eight, so six wickets behind Ashish Ashish. Fourth place, Joe Yap with 37. And Andrew Swarbrick, who got 36 wickets, having only bowled 100 overs this season. So some achievement from Andrew. Good to see him bowling again. So, Joss, uh, what are your thoughts on the landscape of Division 1? Obviously, a division that we played in last season. Good to see the middle of the table, as we've always said, is pretty much much of a muchness. But... Um, a couple different sides down the bottom half this season. Yeah, um, and and listening to the stats that you mentioned there, I mean, I, I'm going to pick Kundate. I think Joe Yap, by his own admission, would call their season disappointing to finish ninth with the signings they had. You know, they had Ed Davis and AJ and Zimmer. Um, so to finish ninth, they'll be disappointed. And you just reeled out the stats then. Zimmer was second in the in the batting, and Joey App was, I think, fourth in the bowling. So, you know, that's two of their key players. Um, and I touched on it on the last podcast we did, that they've got so much talent in that club that I think underperform. And I mentioned the names last time, so I'm not going to do it again. But if they get them all firing at the same time, they're a force we reckon with and they, they should probably be a division higher and you know they might recruit well in the winter or I'm I'm hearing disappointedly actually but um, you never know um, Lila Shaw have had a great season you know to get promoted and finish fifth above Chirk um, what a season for them fair play to them um, Roxeter they've stayed up which it's a pretty negative thing to say but you know They'll, they'll probably take that. Life in Division 1 again next year. Bridge North, obviously something's going on there that they, they need to rebuild, I think. They're, they're in free fall now, which is disappointing to see. And Wellington, we've already discussed Wellington. Obviously highs and lows between their first and their seconds. Yeah, as you mentioned, Joss, uh, we'll, I'll start with Kunt as... As you said, you've got Craig Heath, who's second in the run scorers. Then you've got the next best batter is Joe Yap, 24th. Um, then Ed Davis, 34th, and he played eight games. Uh, then you've got Alex Johnson, who's next. He was 54th in the league. Then Owen Brain, 76th in the league. Um, Dan Parry, 80th. Gabe Williams, 82nd in the league with an average of 9.57, which you'd expect you'd expect better from a player of his calibre, really, wouldn't you? He's, he's, he's a good player and he's got a lot of talent and 
I think by is probably by his own admission he'd probably be wanting to be doing a bit better than that Dan Tudor as well in in 90th at Ryan Ashton um Jamie Brooks Kenny Hamer you know team players with double figure games and yeah it's just just doesn't seem to have gelled and players not performing up to the standard that they want on the other side of the coin like we've mentioned uh, all Scott Heath the side who you know People mention Ashish Ashish, but you've got Jason Summers, ninth in the run scorers, Jason Allen, 11th, Carl Starling, 12th. Then with the ball, you've got Ashish in second, Chris Starling, 14th, Callum Starling, 25th, Matthew Hutchin, 27th, Jason Summers, 30th. So consistency across the board there, and it just shows the difference between the sides who are at, at the top and at the bottom half of the league. And it, as you mentioned, it you know, Kunz might need someone, you know, to go in, do a bit of coaching, you know, maybe rally the troops, maybe a big name sign in to try and maybe bring a few others with them if they're to to add to what they've done really, Joss. Yeah. Um and you, you just reeled off the um the all Scott stats then. When was Carl Starling last their fourth highest run scorer? Was he fourth? Yeah. That's yeah. gonna you're gonna go back years, I think. Which which it's a good reflection on all Scott in a way. You know, it shows they've got other players coming through, you know. Because Carl, I think, has been a leading run scorer for, for years. So for him to be fourth now, it's great that others are coming through. Mentioned on on X, formerly known as Twitter, that Carl was re- retiring. But obviously, you never, you can never quite trust everything that's put on Twitter. And uh, it's gonna, and it's a long old winter. You never know what might happen. Yeah, I, I very much hope he... He does change his mind because he's been such an asset to Shropshire cricket for so many years. Um, I get where he's come from. You know, I've I've got a few years on him. And I know what he means about aches and pains and and recovering from games. But I really hope he changes his mind because he's a real asset to the to the game. He he did say to me on the the game we played against them that he um, he was thinking of retiring. Yeah, and he was. Uh, I don't think he's struggling with ability. He's obviously still got it and still always had it, but. Um, he said, I'm going to stay and carry on playing if we get promoted. I mean, that was what he told me. Um, and obviously they got promoted and I take it he's changed his mind because, as you say, with these aches and pains, I mean, I'm 35, Joss, and you're, you're a hell of a lot older than me, mate, but I'm feeling him now. So, you know, I can understand exactly where he's coming from as well. Yeah, well, I think the, the post we saw was after they'd been promoted of him saying he'd retired, so... Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Though, but yeah. he did tell me at the time when I saw him at, at, at their place that he was going to retire if they didn't get promoted. But obviously, he must have changed his mind, which you can completely understand. I just think a bloke with his stats and his his sort of career at the club, you know, he he can walk away happy. I mean, I think with Wendell as well, we were talking about it earlier. I think they're both walking away at a time where their club's done something brilliant. Um, getting promotions, obviously, a, a great achievement. Not everyone gets a chance to get promoted into the to the Shropshire Prem. So, um, well done on a great career, Carl. And I will not miss bowling at you one bit. Yeah, and if as you mentioned, if he has, if that is his final game, what a way to go out and what a what a servant to Oscar Heath. And I'm sure he'll still be working behind the scenes to uh, push Old Scott Heath to even higher heights. And uh, what a what a plan, something. And uh, as you mentioned, Josh, what a what a servant to Shropshire cricket and what a player. And um, t- talking of Frankton and stats, Ryan Kruger, what uh, 
what a season he's had. The uh, Frankton overseas, uh, 553 runs, at an average of 30. And um, again, you look at you look at players in Frankton side. Scotty Hale, um, seventh in the in the run scorers. Tom Wilkie, 25th. New signing Jamie Birch, who's uh, stepped up from knocking, has really done the business as well. And as as you mentioned, there's people chipping in with all sorts and doing you know who you don't normally expect and. Um, some of these, uh, some newer players coming through. Thomas Welty for Frankton leading their um, leading the wickets. Scott Hale seventh um, for Frankton. Grant Mackay um, with twenty four wickets himself. Stuart Lammy, Rich Parry Jones, Ryan Kruger himself with twelve. Um, it's been a good all round season for the Frankton boys. Yeah, I think looking at their their all round squad, um, they're they're very strong, uh, especially I would say uh, batting. Uh, and I don't want to be overcritical of, of Frankton, but I think there is a massive um, place in the team for maybe an opening bowler, maybe a seamer. I think they're probably a, maybe a couple of bowlers short from a team that will really progress in the in the Shropshire Shropshire Prem. Um, obviously, Tom Welty, you mentioned before, Tom Welty's played for the club for for quite a few years now, uh, but he hasn't been around. He hasn't been playing a lot, but he uh, he moved from Rockster, so Joss would have played with him for a fair few years. Um, and he is, from what I saw last game of the season, opened a batting score 40-odd and is a, a top-quality bowler. Um, I mean, Division 1 standard, he is probably one of the better spinners, I would say, in the league, and I'm sure he'll do very well in the Prem, but... You know, there's definitely some improvement France can do. I don't know what their sort of what their grab is like. Um, obviously, being where they are uh, with clubs like Oswald Street down the road, uh, they haven't really got a lot of clubs near them, have they? Really? Uh, now Whittington aren't around, so we'll see what they can get. I think if they sign, I think they'll stay up. If they get Kruger back, I think they've got a good chance. Um, but they do. They always seem to get a good overseas, don't they? So. You know, I, I do. I'm hoping they stay up this time and they go up and stay up and do well. I really do. Yeah, Kruger, I think, is confirmed as going back to Frankton next season. So yeah, that's going to. It's, it's early days, mate. There's a lot of a lot of that, and that's one thing we we're going to say about Ashish Ashish. Obviously, with Allscott, I think with Carl retiring, and if they don't sign well enough, I think they're going to find it very hard next season. And uh, the rumor has it Ashish Ashish has had offers from clubs like Ombersley in the Birmingham League and other clubs as well. And if it's a lucrative deal, playing a really good standard of cricket, I'm pretty sure he'll be going. Um, I do hope for for Allscott's sake, uh, depending on what they sign, I hope he does stay because playing against him was an absolute pleasure. I played against him twice this season and I, uh, no, three times this season. And uh, I've got to say, I thought he was absolutely brilliant, had all the shots in the book and was probably one of the best overseas I've seen at that level of cricket, Division One level. Okay, so moving away from the top, let's talk about the newly promoted sides this season. Lillishaw finishing in fifth and Roxeter finishing in tenth. 32 points between the two sides. Um, Roxeter pretty much safe, would we say? Yeah, they finished in third bottom, so yeah, they're going to be safe next season. And um, pretty much objective completed for those two sides. But uh, what a season for Lillishaw. Yeah, that's that's an incredible season. Um, uh, Harvey Wakefield, a, a good friend of mine, moved to uh, Shifnal in the season and was a massive part of Lillishall, um getting promotion. Uh, obviously a great move for him at the time, but to lose a player like like him and, and just 
they've, they've done so well. I mean, I kept watching the, the the league every week, looking at the table, and I kept going, oh, they should have won again. So I just, I, I, I'm I'm not surprised because I think the club's a great club. It's a lovely little ground to play at, isn't it? We've, we've all played there, I think, and uh, it is a real lovely place to play. But to be fair, I did not expect them to be up there, and I think hats off to them. Well done. Great season, and I wonder if they can do it again next year. Yeah, I'm sure they can. And um, Thomas McCreel, is it? I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but um, he was a leading batter and bowler on the stats. You know, he's fourth in the overall overall runs with 633. And I think he was 20th in the in the bowling, but top of the initial player. So great all-round performance from him. And um, yeah, I think the future's bright for him. They had a great season. Yeah, as you said, Joss, looking at looking at the stats for Lillishall and especially with the ball, Thomas McCreel, 20th, Charlie Conquest, 29th, uh, Will Askin, 32nd, Ian Dawes, 36th, Stephen Bate, 44. All of them picking up 15 and above wickets, uh, Thomas McCreel, 24, uh, Conquest, 20. You know, but you also look at the players who have obviously played only a handful of games, you know, like Rob Bagshaw's come in, 11 overs, five wickets. Scott Gormley, 13 overs, five wickets. Um, you know, Chris Tate, 28 overs, 10 wickets. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a really good season for them. And when you've got players who are going to come in and just, you know, hit the ground running, you know, not necessarily play every game of the season, but turn up and play a few and they turn up and, and play well, that, that that's great. And then, you know, with the bat, they've got McCreel, they've got Gormley, who's got two, over 200 runs, Edward Keenan over 200 runs, Jack Bate the same. Um yeah, a really a really good season, especially given how tight it was at the start of the season for Lillishall. Yeah, and they lost those games, didn't they, to the weather because because they're the condition of their pitch, and that's that's not slagging off in any way. Um, and Will Askins, who's playing for them again now, I was playing against him fifteen years ago. What a talent that guy is! He can hit the ball a long, long way, and he can bowl. He knows what he's doing with the ball. Obviously, he's a bit older now, but I'm sure he still knows what he's doing. Probably hasn't played as much as they'd like. But um, if they get maybe a few more games out of him next year, they'll be very comfortable in Division 1, I think. Yeah, so looking at other sides in the mid-table, Chirk and Schiffnell finding themselves 6th, 7th. Obviously, there's only like a handful of points between those, but two sides who you'd probably thought, you know, may have been there or thereabouts. And Werfield, a side who are in fourth most of the season, finding themselves in eighth at the end with how tight it's been. It's been uh, an amazing season. And if you look at the average positions, um, Bomir averaged ninth all season and, and finished fourth. Whereas then you've got Schiffnell twos who've averaged fourth all season, finishing seventh. It's, it's, it's been so tight in that division. And, um, yeah, I think what they might do with the Prem might affect what goes on in Division 1. And obviously, the what's going on with Treacle may also impact what happens with Division 1. But I think with Wellington going up, I think the league might play it safe here. And uh, probably the sensible thing to do and the the logical thing to do and probably only relegate Bridge North 2s. Because then if you, you, know, you only relegate Newport, then you just promote the two from the top and then... You know, if you relegate just Bridgen or twos, you can promote Charmarsh and Ellesmere um, as your top two and then save Wellington twos, which then, you know, saves Wellington threes going down, which is something we talked earlier about with Matt Stinson, guys. Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely spot on there. 
I think that does 100% make sense to, to go with Bridge North uh, down and uh, Wellington remain in the league. Um, it, it just, <laughs> it does save a little bit of um, a hard, it's, it's going to be hard if you, if you relegate Wellington, uh, double relegate Wellington as a club, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and I, I do, again, I, I feel for the league having to, having to sort all this out, but um it does make sense to do it that way. I think with Wellington going up, it just saves so much hassle because it would have been so, so difficult. But just just for, for me, just a, a finishing point in the league, I think like being a, a player that played for Schiffnell 2s uh, quite a bit back end of the season, um, it's not easy for a second team. You know, you, you're never going to get a consistent side out every week with people away. And I, I really do understand now why second teams really struggle. Because um, Schiffnell second team, if you had your, your best team out every week, you, you probably, I'm not going to say you're going to win the league, but I've, you're going to be up there. But just to finish off, I think Boma, fair play to him, finishing fourth, unbelievable. And I think Newtown, looking at one point, they looked like they were going to go up. So a bit sad for them, really. I hope they get their overseas back again. He was a good lad. And uh, I'm sure they'll come back fighting next year because that's what Newtown do. Yeah, still obviously the potential that Newtown could go up, but with how it looks and how it might affect even the Prem and Div 1 and things like that, looks like they may probably stay up. And again, this is all this is all our predictions and estimations. We haven't heard anything from the league. This is just us making our guesses here. The team of the league for Division 1, Thomas McCreel, um, 1, John Anthony, 2, Ashish Ashish, 3. Your player of the division for 2023 is Craig Heath. Um, 5, Scott Hale, 6, Tom Anderson, who is your skipper. Uh, Harry Bolland in 7th, Andrew Swarbrick in 8th, Ollie Todd, who is your wicketkeeper at 9, Dan Hill in 10 and Alex Renton in 11. So Josh, thoughts on that team of the year for Division 1? Uh, my previous comments apply. Well, um, I'll be honest with you, the league, if they go on stats, then the league have probably got that bang on. But uh, they obviously don't go on stats if you look at the lower divisions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and on that note, we'll move ourselves on to, our, on to the next division and Division 2. Just to get the three <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so your champions for Division 2 in 2023 are Chelmarsh. 
quite comfortably the best team in the league this season. They finished top with 364 points in second place on 328 points. So a good 36 points behind them. Uh, Ellesmere, four points behind them in third place were Forton, who, who made a late charge for it and just missed out. Um, then quite a jump down into fourth. 41 points behind them are knocking in fifth, Alberbury in sixth, Beacon in seventh, Old Brighton. 31 points behind Old Brighton are Sentinel second 11. 19 points behind Sentinel second 11 on 209 points are Wellington thirds. In 10th place, 26 points behind them are Shelton second 11. And then 33 points behind Shelton second 11 are Treasel and Sizden. And in 12th place, two points behind them are Ponsbury. So guys, and uh, we'll start with Joss here as he's played in this division this year. Um, what are your thoughts on Division 2? <laughs> only played a couple of times, by the way. Uh, congratulations to Chelmarsh, to Alex Hill and... Uh, sorry, Alex Starr, Tom Hill, and I can't name any others, but all the players at Chelmarsh done a fantastic job there. Um, so well done to them. Uh, Ellesmere, good team. I did play against them, and... Ash Thomas had the game of his game of his life against us. They beat us by by nine wickets. Um, Forton, they got some. They could easily fit into Division One. I think they've got some talented players there. So I think I whoa, think. Whoa, 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 Joss! That's a bit too positive from this podcast towards Forton. Remember, we're supposed to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I still hate them. <laughs> Can you edit that? Forton, rubbish. What are they doing up there? They're crap. <laughs> right, obviously all love. Um, so I, th- I think it's the right the, the right three teams at the top. So congratulations, Chelmarsh. Um, down the bottom, you know, we spoke a lot about Ponsby's. Travise recently um, it's a shame to see them down there and Treesel in the season we've already said they could be moving on to pastures new which is a shame um, but I've enjoyed the few games I've played in that division it's been good it, it's it's closely competitive but generally in a in a good way it's not there's not too much shit flying around you know, I, I enjoy the games um, yeah it's good yeah, I think you look at Division 2 and the three sides who are clearing at the top, their best players have performed consistently all season and have turned up with match-winning performances. Big knocks at great strike rates and getting bundles of wickets. No surprise to see, you know, the top three run scorers, Connor Starr, Alex Hill and Tom, Tom Glenn Denning up there. <laughs> Someone I couldn't think of. So we never speak about him. Um, but then you look at the others. You got Curtis Fury is in fourth from Ellesmere. Ash Thomas is in the top ten for Ellesmere there as well. Um, Oliver Wilson sixth for Fortin. Um, you know, and then with the wickets, uh, Matt Sayers leading the wickets for Fortin. Ash Thomas fourth there. Oliver Wilson third. Elliot Ward, fifth, then Connor Glenn Denning, Scott Randall in, in seventh and eighth, George Duncan in ninth for Ellesmere, uh, Chris Hughes in 11th for Fortin. So, yeah, 
though it's the same players dominating and they've had really big seasons and they've done and they've done really well and then on the other on the other side of it you look at the bottom four five and they're all they're all teams who have pretty much you you know Shelton's second 11 this season's been a very young side which you know in in the years coming, that's going to put their their younger players in really good stead. And they're going to, you know, next year they're going to be bigger. They're going to be more experienced. You know, they're going to be better cricketers. So, you know, that's going to be good for them. And they're, they're Shelton are a good a side that are, and a club who are constantly looking to move forward. And I, I don't doubt that they'll already have their list of players who they'll probably be approaching and looking to get on board I know that Andy Harrison has previously played for Shelton before um, Wellington threes you know they're a young side and Sentinel are a young side and you know Wellington threes and Sentinel you know we, we played Sentinel twos when they put out one hell of a side and if you turn up against Sentinel uh, is this Sentinel's young side uh, yeah, yeah well, Dave, Dave Ashton opened the, opened the ball <laughs> no well no I mean like I mean like they've got <laughs> You know what I mean? But like you turn up and if they've got the side that they put out against us second game, then they, they've got no right being eighth. They, 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 they would be in the top two, three, four. Um, but predominantly throughout the season, we're looking to bring through youth players, which is great. And we'll, you know, provide, you know, their youngsters with great experience and they will, and that's the reason why their sides do so well in the higher divisions. That's all. I'll give a shout out to Jake Binsley, the way he's come on. I saw he played indoor the other day. What a talent that guy is. Honestly, he's going to go a long way. Yeah. If he hasn't played in the first ready, he may have done. He's, he's a great player. And deservedly playing the first as well, because he's a great player. He's going to go a long way. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, Jake Binsley, is certainly a, a, a great youngster who's going to be uh, a very, very good player for Central in the future. Uh, and one thing um, we can't miss, obviously, in this league was something that really impressed me was the game at Alberbury, where I think it's the first game in Shropshire Cricket where we've had two female captains. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Lara and Robin um, took took charge of both sides and it, it was one of the best. It was such a... The game of cricket was really well played. I mean, even typified by the point where Mark absolutely smashed it onto his pads and our umpire, who never gives anyone LBW unless he's plum, gives him, shocks everyone. It, Mark starts walking off and they call him back. But it was a great game, played in the right spirit. And it was... It, no, it was, it was a really fun game. It, just a shame that we got absolutely pumped. Yeah, I mean, I, I've speak to you boys all the time about it, but um, when Alberbury got relegated last year, having friends that play for Alberbury, I just think it was a good time to go down. And this league it is such an attractive league. I, I don't know if you agree, but I just think there's so many nice clubs in there. And it, I, I could see it being a very attractive league for players that play in it to think, you know, every week you're going away. There's no way you really don't want to go. Probably Bar Fortin. <laughs> I've said it before and we've, we've you cut that out by the way I've said it before we've discussed that at length on this podcast I mean, I've been shot down in flames for saying that I think Albury belong in this in this division yeah, which which obviously we need to aspire to, to win and to go up but um, I, I think we're a lot happier playing the teams we're surrounded by in this in this division it is it's a lovely division to be honest there's, there's a few clubs that we've got great relationships with you know look at Knockin Beacon trying to find some others <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and there's not too much travelling either um, especially now Chalmers has gone up 
Um, you know, Knocking's fairly local, Beacon's fairly local, Sentinel, Ponce, okay, Ponce we've gone down, Shelton. Just lovely journeys to places like Brosley and Quat, really short journeys for all for every next season. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, you know, as you said, Joss, uh, everyone we spoke to this season was saying like, do we do, do, does anyone really want to go up out of division two? Um, and you know, Chelmarsh side who definitely did. Um, I know Fortin definitely did. Um, it'll be, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Fortin. They could still go up. Um, but given Wellington seconds and that whole situation, I think that they may end up, uh, just missing out, which will be unfortunate for them because they've definitely got a side um, good enough to give Division 1 a good go. And, you know, they've had a fantastic season and just fell short of second place. And also, can I say, you mentioned that Newtown could possibly go up from, from Division 1 to the Prem. They were 23 points shy of second. Fortin are two points shy of second. So they might feel a bit hard done by if Newtown go up and they don't. I still... I still... Um, I still... I understand when you talk about these these situations, but for for me, obviously, looking at the leagues when teams go up, how often do they come back down? So I, I've always been an advocate for three teams going up is just too many. Unless there's a situation where, like the likes of Bridge North, who have, have obviously relegated themselves down to Division 1 and asked to go down, which now you look at it, completely understand it, and it was the right call. But clubs have done it in the past, like uh, Condover and, and, and others, uh, and other clubs have been, well, they may think wrongly relegated a couple of leagues. So I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't think teams in third should be promoted. Well, knocking did, didn't they? A couple of years ago, knocking asked to be relegated, which is why yeah. I couldn't stay up. And, th- and then we're desperate to go back up, which yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, looking at it, like just finishing off on Division Two, um, the right three teams were at the top. We were in the top three, fourth to seven. We're all good sides. Um, just got a good selection of players, but couldn't really put it together every week. Um, Aubrey had one week link every week. <laughs> that that they definitely did. Unfortunately for me, could I? Oh, am I on? Yeah, yeah. Can I just ask both of you a question? Uh, as in players that have played in this league, what what would you say? What club would you say is in the best shape? in Division 2 to maybe get promoted next year who have uh, out of the clubs that haven't gone up and down who would you say you've seen in that league not from not obviously the relegated clubs from Division 1 might have a, a point to prove but who would you say is in good shape because obviously you and you and Beacon coming down I, I expected possibly one of you to get promoted again um, Ponsbury obviously they're in a bad situation but the teams that are left in that league, who who do you think are in good nick from playing against them? So for me, I'd probably say Sentinel. Sentinel seconds. I know they they, they finished eighth, but um, they've got youngsters coming through. The experience they've got, they've got some, for me, first team players that are playing seconds. A lot of talent that, that aren't that old. And yeah, they, they do so well with the youngsters. They've got a really good youth policy there. You know, they bring them on. They go through the ranks. They play thirds. They play seconds. They end up in the first. And yeah, I think their future is is healthy. Some clubs, when you look at, they're still quite successful. They're relying on people that've been playing there for 20, 30 years. And the the only way is down, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Sentinel outside of Chalmarsh. 
Um, I say that, but Ellesmere gave us a good pasting as well. But that was, you know, that was that was a game that was toss driven, really. Yeah, I think I think Sentinel, if they can get their side that they and it's yeah, it goes. The thing with Sentinel is that it's it's because they're a second team. It depends who they can get out and who their ones can get out. And the best side that Sentinel have put out this season. If they could get that out every week, they'd be in the top two of Division Two comfortably. If we're saying that only two are going up, I'd probably say Forton are looking good. And yeah, then, yeah, I'd probably say Forton or Sentinel seconds. Um, with Joss, if three go up from Division Two, uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I think you'd probably have to say knocking as they finished fourth. But I mean, fourth to seventh, I think they're all pretty pretty you know they've each side's got a few few really good players um who perform and again it's about availability you look at all brighton they've got simmons they've got chris morris keeping chris morris is going to be massive for all brighton next season i was talking to shimmo at the end of the last season because we played them final game and he was talking about the drive that he does um because he was based in the RAF up at Old Brighton and now he's been put posted somewhere else and he's traveling up and staying at a player's house every night after playing. And he's a serious player. He bats, bowls, wicket keeps. He's a very good player. And um, if they keep hold of him, that'll be really good. They've also got to try and keep Sam Wood if they can. He's got only 10 wickets this season, but he's, um, he's a bowler who you think probably should be getting more. Um, but you know, he's definitely got the pace to knock through many an attack, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably say, I'd probably say they were, they were the two sides that you'd be looking at next season. Um, but yeah, I think the, the talking points down at the bottom are Ponsbury going down and what's, is happening with Treesland Seaston really and um, how that's going to impact the divisions below. If Treesland are, are merging, then, you know, that's going to leave the position for two sides to, two sides are probably going to go down from division two, which would make sense uh, that they promote Brosley, Column and Quat second 11 as they're quite clearly the three best sides from division uh, three and they both all three sides finished with 340 plus points um so that that, that was unbelievable i had like four different tones <laughs> um but yeah um what what will happen with them is going to be massive and i think either which way i think treesel and Ponsby will both be uh relegated uh from this division do you think joss yeah uh, um the thing with treesel and season it's it's sad in in a couple of ways really you know it's sad to, to lose a club from the shops league anyway if they're going elsewhere and the word merger to me it's a club disappearing. It's not really a merger because you've lost a club and the club that they're merging with allegedly isn't necessarily, they're not necessarily fielding another side, you know, they've just sort of integrated with Wombourne or whoever it is they might be, they might be merging in inverted commas with. It's sad to see and they've been in Shropshire, the Shropshire League for a long time. I know it's quite, quite a travel for a lot of people and they, they whinge about the distance but, you know, they turn up, they play their games, they've been part of the league for many, many years. And um, 
I've met some great characters playing for Trees all over, over the years. Um, so, yeah, very sad to see them go and sad that a team is effectively disappearing. Yeah, this 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 all on the rumour mill at the moment. Nothing 100% confirmed, but, yeah, they conceded two of their final five games. Um, side who were so good in the divisions below and some of their leading run scorers in, in years gone by, especially in, in Division 3. And um, they even had a really good go this year with uh, Neil Bennett in in the top 12. You've got Usman Barry, who was in 13th. You've got Lee Craig, 16th in the league. Um, some really, really good players there. And um, then with the ball, then you had Rian Barry with eight, 18th in the league. you got Lee Craig again, 29th in the re- league. Um, Usman Barry, 46th in the league. He'd probably have wanted more from himself, more wickets. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess as well, it's, 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 it can be a bit of a struggle and losing games. And especially when you're down at the bottom, it can be quite hard to take. And um, Ponsbury, despite finishing bottom, closed the gap. And um, unsurprisingly, when their players came and turned out and started putting in performances, they started looking like they may, you know, they may have, they may have had a chance. And um, yeah, it just makes you wonder uh, what if for Ponsbury this season, if, um, they had full selection availability. Yeah, and and so many so many teams this year I've spoken to have said availability was an issue, and I'm sure it is for so many clubs. I think you know we all say since COVID, people found other things to do or have lost the love of cricket or whatever, and Ponsby seem to have been particularly hard hit by that. Um, they, like you say, if you, if they if you put their best eleven on paper, they're they're top half first division for my money they've got some great talent there but the the availability the availability just doesn't seem to be there which is very sad yeah so looking at our division two team of the year your player of the division and captain of the division two team is connor glendenning at two is alex Starr. at three adam smith from knocking fourth Tom Hill, who is also your wicketkeeper. Fifth, Mark Jones. Johnny Lear in at six. In se- at seven, Chris Morris. At eight, Oliver Wilson. At nine, Ash Thomas. At ten, Adam Shimmons. And eleven, Matt Sayers. What a team that is. Uh, I mean, I think that, that team had definitely give division one a very good go. And um, Joss, what are your thoughts on this division two team of the year? Well, I think Lily gone on stats, and if you go by the stats, they were absolutely right. But um, the league obviously don't always go on stats if you look at the lower division teams of the year. Cool. Thank you very much, Joss. Uh, searing insight once again into the Division 2 team of the year. And let's move ourselves on to our final division and Division 3. Okay, so going on to Division 3, and we've already given it away, but we'll go over it once more for those of you who uh, dozed off, or maybe even those of you who do the magic skip thing just to get to the division that you want. Um, Never do that. Listen to it all. Um, You may miss something. In Division 3, your champions for 2023 were Brosley and it was tight. Uh, Brosley and Colum going pretty much toe-to-toe all the way. Colum leading the way up until week 10, and then Brosley wrestled back the lead uh, in week 11 and have led ever since. 
Brosley finishing on 379 points. Six points behind them were Colum. In third place with 346 points, which is some tally, can I say. Only 33 points behind Brosley and um, 27 points behind Colum. What an effort by Quat Second Eleven. Uh, in fourth place, pretty big jump down. 70 odd points in fourth were Montgomery First Eleven. In fifth, 11 points behind them are Church Aston. In sixth place are Willie with 218 points. So. 49 points behind Church Aston. 13 points behind Willie in 7th. Uh, Ludlow 2nd 11. 21 points behind Ludlow 2nd 11 in 8th. Uh, Oswestry 2nd 11. Then 15 points behind them in 9th. St George's 2nd 11. 3 points behind them in 10th. Uh, Welshpool. 5 points behind them in 11th. Uh, Wem's 2nd 11. And in 12th. 14 points behind them. In last place are Maidley second 11. So it was a tight finish at, the, at, at both ends um, for Division 3 this season. St George's, Welshpool, Wem, Maidley all went into the final, and Oswald Street went into the final game all pretty much with a shout that they could go down. And uh, St George's and Oswestry and Welshpool say themselves, St George's, both their ones and twos doing um, final day survival antics. And it does look like it's potentially going to be Wem second 11 and uh, Maidley second 11 going down. Now, definitely Maidley second 11 going down, but again, unsure as to what they might do with Wem second 11. They may save them, but um, it's basically going to be between Wem second 11 and Whitchurch second 11 from Division 4 as to what they do. They may promote Whitchurch twos. Um, Whitchurch twos finished on 292 in third place in Division 4. Uh, Gillsfield finished on 307 in second in Division 4. And uh, Wheaton Aston finished top of Division 4 with 317 points. So Wheaton Aston and Gillsfield will be coming up, um, you would assume, in Division 3. Again, if uh, Treasel and Seasden well, aren't playing in the Shropshire League next season, then it would look like it's going to be Wheaton, Aston, Gillsfield and Whitchurch coming up with Wem surviving and then maybe then they they could even potentially put Newport second 11 up into Division 4. But uh, Newport second 11 finished 12 points behind Whitchurch second 11 on 280 points, um, which is 27 points behind Gillsfield in second place. And again, as you said, Andy, it's quite hard to uh, promote that many sides like it'd be quite hard to promote four sides from division four and when second 11 I know that th these are things that they tend to think about you know having the their second 11 close to the ones will be um, you know the the league will look at that potentially and uh, yeah it's um, it's been a tight season and Brosley and Colum have got themselves over the line and yeah Quas have probably got themselves up as well, we reckon. Yeah, well done to, uh, obviously, Brosley winning the, the league. Uh, Got to say, obviously, hearing from a few of the lads, uh, like Fergo from Colum, uh, who's a mate of the podcast, he um, he was living in high hopes that they might win the league, uh, and they had a very strong squad, and I think they proved it this season. Uh, and, and I think they both had great seasons. Hats off to both of them. It's all the way. It's been a yo-yo. Yeah. -yo. Um, 
But as you say, I mean, quad seconds. I mean, God, they've been trying to get out from this league, haven't they? The last is it last couple of years after their double double relegation. Um, so it's going to be a kick in the teeth for them. But again, I can't see three sides being promoted, as you say, Hurley. Um, I just don't think it works in cricket. I, you know, obviously there's there's situations at times where maybe you do feel that there's two teams weak enough to go down and three could go up and strengthen the league. But I just I just never think it works. Um, with with Wem seconds, I'm absolutely gutted to see him down there um, in the bottom two. Um, obviously, Maidley being so far adrift, that could help Wem um, when when the league committee come to look at it and think, do you know what? They were only five points off Welsh pool. Maybe two up, one down from from all the leagues will will, will happen, but we'll have to just wait and see, won't we? Uh, depends what they have to say about it, but you know. Um, I say in in the league, really, it's, it's the the top half of the table. The this the three teams have flown. Obviously, Quat weren't far off, were they? They had a good push, but apart from that, you know, no one was getting near the top teams, were they? No, and as as you mentioned, Andy uh, Quat second eleven finished tenth in twenty nineteen. Then were relegated um, into Division for the season after and they finished first last season they finished third in division four column who uh your second place side in division three first in division six second in division five in 2021 and first in division four last season and then they followed that up with a second place in division three the side who they beat out last season who uh finished in second place in division four brosley are your champions uh this year division three they'd finished in 10th in division four the year before and second in division five in 2019 so very much sides on the up going up in Division 3. Monty, the side who finished 12th in Division 2 last season, finding themselves in at 4th. And then funny enough, Church, Ashton and Willie both finished in 5th and 6th last season and that's where they find themselves there. Ludlow, 2nd 11, finished 10th in Division 2 last season, find themselves in 7th. St George's, 2nd 11, finished 11th in Division 2 last season and found themselves in 9th, which I guess given everything that's gone on at St George's this season, you've got to, you know, just surviving and just getting ready to go again next year will be a positive. And um, looking at it, Welsh Pool, a side who finished 4th last year and had been in Division 2 in 2019, Division 3 in 2021, a side we probably thought might do a bit better finishing 10th that's, that's along with Wem Joss has probably got to be a bit of a surprise yeah um, look at this division um, I'll start at the top uh, congratulations to Brosie by the way for winning it's been a, a good division to observe the um, the results and the league tables throughout because it was either it was always going to be Colin or Brosie that won it with all due respect to Quat uh, and Brosie pipped them um I'd say Bosley have been there before. You know, they, they've been in the high divisions. They're working their way back up. Whereas Colum uh, are sort of, I'm not saying Bosley aren't on the up, but Colum are, it's new territories to them every year. They keep getting promoted. They're their side very much on the up. Um, so good luck to both of them um, next year in Division 2. Um, looking further down, um, yes, Wem. I mean, it's interesting, and Andy mentioned that the, the league might bear in mind the separation between their first and their second eleven. I don't know how much they take into account that when they're looking at their... Or was it early? Sorry, someone mentioned that. But uh, I don't know how much the league 
take into account the um, the separation between a first and second eleven when they're deciding who gets promoted and relegated. But if, if anyone on the committee is prepared to, well, none of them listen anyway, but um, I'll be interested to know if they do bear that in mind when they're making their decision on who gets promoted and relegated. Mainly, have not had a great season. Unfortunately, obviously, they're going down because they, they're um, 14 points adrift at the bottom. And and going, I know we're not going to talk about Division 4, but you mentioned that fourth-placed Newport seconds might come up. I'm not a believer in fourth place getting promoted. I, I don't think it's right at all. Regardless of who's dropping out, who's merging, who's doing well, yeah, quite. Yeah. yeah, I think I think in this case you're gonna. I think we're probably gonna see the top three go up just because of the bottom two in Division Two being one so far away and so cut adrift, and also what might be happening with Treesland season. So I think you see those sides going up, and you know I don't doubt that Brosing Column may not go straight up from Division 2 as well next season. You know, the, the players they've got, you know, got James Ralph with uh, 797 runs, averaging 72, 550s, two tonnes, five not outs. Uh, you've also got Gavin Jones, Alfie Oates, Kelvin Rogerson in the top 20 run scorers as well. With the ball, James Ralph, 35 wickets, and Dan Handley, what a player as well, 30 both with 35 wickets each um, and Gavin Jones again 26 wickets for him as well Alfie Oaks you know this the same players coming up again they they've got some really stellar names there and um, some players who are gonna really farewell and then you look at you look at column as well you know Brenton Ferry John Yardley um, with the ball for them doing well then Miwa Jeetwal um, leading with the runs and uh, Will Stanford Davis um, who I've never seen play but I've heard uh, really good things from anyone who has seen him play um they're just an all right they're just two sides who've got players wall-to-wall all-round good quality um and quat as well if they go up craig jones elliot parker with the runs this season and joe joe cotham who's you know again another player who's who's playing in the lower leagues um scored runs and then he's you know transferring that in the higher leagues and terry hughes uh, the leading wicket taker in Division Three with 38 wickets, Jimmy Arbuckle um, with 36 wickets in second place. You know, so Quat Quat are a big side, and they'll be looking to recruit for their ones, and that'll push players into their twos. And you know, they've got all of these. You know, Quat have got very good youth set up, and Colomer side who are doing a lot across their whole club. So they'll be getting. You know, they're. They're going to be three sides who are heavily going to be recruiting in the off-season. Ralphie will be calling everyone up left, right and centre, seeing if they'll come to Brosley. And, you know, and so will the lads at Colum. And if Quat twos go up, you know, it's getting closer to their ones. And they're, they're, three, they're going to be three sides who are going to be really competing. Um, it, probably at the top half of Division 2 next season. I wouldn't be surprised if I see Brosley and Colum in you know <laughs> challenging the promotion spots next season as well um but yeah guys any any other observations or thoughts with division three well i actually echo what you just said i'd be very very surprised if we're here this time next year discussing column or Bosley being relegated because i'm sure they won't i'm sure they'll find division two life very very comfortable they'll they'll fit in there and i, I reckon they'll both be top half and and i, I I know more about Colm than Brosley because I've had some association with Colm. 
uh, they've got some great youngsters and you know they they look after them they treat them right they they play them in the the right the right teams and i'm i'm sure they they've got a they've got a good few years ahead of them uh, as a club and as individuals I couldn't uh, agree more with what Joss has said. I, I can't see Brosley or Colum going down. I know I spoke to Ralphie about... Uh, I did congratulate Ralphie uh, via message to say well done for winning the title. He did say that they, they could do a bit more bit more youth in their, in their squad for next season, which would be... Uh, Seen bowler as well. He's got Birmingham <laughs> League experience, scored a Birmingham Brosley League Brosley are not the club. Um, but um, no... Uh, I spoke to Ralphie and he does say they need a bit more youth. They've got the experience already without a shadow of a doubt. You only have to look at their team. And I don't think Colin will struggle. If, if anything, I, I think they could again go, they could go back to back again um, and, and potentially win division two. I can't see why not. Um, but uh, in, in the league, uh, I don't know enough about it. It's lovely to see Montgomery doing well. Always a lovely club. Always a club I've really enjoyed playing against. Mainly, I don't think I might have played against him in the league back when I was a youngster, but we played some Sunday cricket with Grasshoppers, a lovely place to play. Um, but obviously, I, I, obviously, Wem could potentially go down, but I hope they do stay up because, again, that gap, you, you can't have too big a gap between your first and your seconds. It just doesn't work. And that's another reason why Quat have been trying to work their way up the league. So, you know, maybe next season they can push and get themselves up to Division 2. Yeah, when obviously needing more players in the recruitment, um, probably, you know, everyone needs someone who can score runs and also um, bowl a couple of overs, Joss. So where are you going, Andy? Is it, it is Wem, is it? Uh, yeah, I've decided to go back home. So you're going back to your mum's? You're not playing cricket, you're just going to live with your mum? <laughs> no, going, I'm going back to play cricket with my uh, my, my best friends. Hey, everyone's your best friend. We mention anyone's your other my best friend. Little miss mate. Oh, oh, my Australian friend. Oh, my moving friend. My moving. Everyone's your best mate. Maybe I should just go to Australia. <laughs> Please. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's it's the words he says after they're my best mate. Yeah, they're they're, they're, oh, they're, they're my, my best, best mate, mate. But he's a. I make I mates with everyone. I love everyone. I do get on with most people. Reciprocated. But I, yeah, you're not my best mate. So I'm definitely not playing for Albury. Um, Good. I, I, you haven't got I, I'm going I'm to move back to Kun CC where I started. Well, I started at Reynolds with you. And you are a good friend. I'll say that, but I still don't want to play cricket with you. Uh, but yeah, but no, I'm I'm I've decided that. Unfortunately, like I love my time at every club I played for. I, I really enjoyed the start of uh, playing for Shifnal, but unfortunately, with my injuries, it was a bit of a bit of a nightmare. And just it, although you know, I had no issue playing in the twos. Uh, it was just one of them things where looking at it and thinking I'm playing against my friends in the same league it just made sense to go back to Kund and uh, go back and, and enjoy my cricket again um, not that I haven't enjoyed my cricket it's just probably been the injuries I've had the last few years have really got me a bit down and uh, I'm going to go enjoy it again so Joss are we going to do a sweepstakes who's going to play more games for Kund next year Andy Harrison or Ed Davis <laughs> I will definitely play more than Ed Davis he's fucking useless that lad uh, joking apart Andy um I see the reason for you moving and I wish you every every success at Kund, genuinely. Yeah. Uh, great and I hope you hope your injury sorts itself out. And they, they will be even stronger. I, the league position suggests they weren't strong this year, but we all know they are stronger than their league position suggests. So next year, 
hopefully they'll be they'll be pushing up the other end of the table. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Joss, and I think yeah. Well, good luck for your move next year, Andy, and I hope you know you can help bring back the success and um, bring the change that you would like to. Atkins and uh, help lead their young players and their um, their emerging players through and um, yeah I hope, I hope it goes well for you and obviously you must have had other clubs from uh, higher leagues offering you uh, money and uh, opportunities and all sorts of stuff and um, so it must be the right decision for you to go back to Kund. I've been, I've been offered free beer at clubs <laughs> a lot of the time. I think that's that's worse than money. I could drink. A lot, of, a lot of money's worth in a night, like as you can see tonight. Could offer you free food. No, no, real no, trouble. Um, there. Honestly, like the, it was, a, it's a tough decision. I could, I could have gone back to to Wham. I could have gone to previous clubs. I've really enjoyed myself out. I haven't really had a bad time at any of the clubs that I played for. But no, it's it's one of them where I'm 35 now. I've done all I can do really, and I've really enjoyed. Uh, being captain of Grasshoppers Cricket Club midweek and we've we've had so much success as a club we're all getting a bit older now and we, we're bringing some good youngsters through like Jacob Binnersley and uh, and I don't know I think I need to go go to Kund and help some of the youngsters out and hopefully progress the club and see how uh, see how we get on next season and I'm, I'm buzzing for it to be fair I'm really looking forward to it especially playing with my best friends again Okay, and let's take ourselves onto the Division 3 team of the year. So we've got Miwa Jutwal of uh, Colum. He's number one. Number two, James Ralph, who is your player of the division for 2023. No surprises there. Elliot Parker in at three. He's your captain from Quat second 11. Fourth, Craig Jones. Five, Will Stamford Davis. Six, your wicketkeeper, Paul Chapman. Seven, Gavin Jones. Eight is Nathan Smith. Nine, Terry Hughes of Quat. Ten, Dan Hanley of Rosley. And 11, Jimmy Arbuckle of Quat. So, Joss, what were your thoughts on that Division 3 team of the year? <laughs> so, the league obviously based this on stats, and that, which makes it correct. You know, it's, it's absolutely the right 11 to pick. <laughs> but they obviously haven't taken the stats into account when they've looked at the lower division teams of the year, <laughs> especially Division 7. I couldn't agree more, Joss. Um, um, 7.75. But I can't disagree with the, all of the top leagues. And I, I actually, looking at it, I probably don't disagree with the, the bottom leagues either. 107.75. <laughs> And on that note, we'll move ourselves on to our final section. So as we move ourselves on to our final section, it is all a bit of a laugh uh, we've had tonight with the team of the years, obviously. Well, not actually. Not a laugh. <laughs> not a laugh. <laughs> so yeah, we're not, obviously not with the team of the year selections themselves, but uh, yeah. Unlucky you were, Joss, this year, and uh, better luck next year. Obviously, got to average a bit more than the hundred and one and be the fourth, but be more than five. the four. Try, try and be in the top three next season. So yeah. we've been talking all night. We've been talking all night about this, and you got his average wrong. He said it about a hundred times. Thank you. Yeah. Hundred and seven point seven five. Yeah, it's exactly the same as Andy's bowling average. It's easy to remember. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, no, all, all, all fun and jokes. Um, but can I say, I know I've been joking about the league with their, with their selection of the, um, the teams of the year. I do not envy the job you've got to do with sorting out relegation promotion because we've talked about a lot today. And there's so many different scenarios with Treeson and Seasden potentially moving away from the, from Shropshire and with, I hear Bishop's Castle might be asking for things and, yeah, the possibility of Wellington seconds going down. It's 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 a hell of a job, and we do appreciate what you do. And hats off to you for doing it. And sure, whatever you decide, you'll upset some people, but you know that. But I hope you're thick-skinned enough to take it. Exactly, and uh, yeah, big shout out to all those at the league who have helped put uh, everything together this season, and big shout out to all of the ground staff, tea people, everyone who uh, behind the, the umpires, um, everyone behind the scenes who make Shropshire cricket what it is and gets the game on every week, and who put in the hours um, of unpaid work a lot of the time to make sure that we have a game of cricket, and um, also a big thank you to all of the guests we've had on this year big thank you to you also the listeners for listening to us for another season i'm still amazed that we still get people listening i'm still even more amazed when people come up and say that they enjoy it and even that they listen and um yeah i'll never it 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 is really great to hear from you guys that listen and uh, all the feedback and the questions that we get throughout the season and the and the thoughts that you give us throughout the season as well and um every year we try and make it a little bit better and the product a little bit better and Every year we're trying to push things forwards and next year will be no different as we try and restructure things and make things even better. And um, yeah, if you do want to be a guest next year or you do want to sponsor the podcast or you do have any suggestions, please get in touch. Send us an email to cowcornerpodcast.gmail.com. And yeah, there's loads of stuff in the pipeline and uh, Andy's back in the Shropshire League next season officially. Um, Joss will be in the runs again next season and I'll still be there mopping up the tail not scoring a thing and not doing anything at all just turning up and saying that I'm available but yeah it's um, it's been a top season and yeah I can't help but say but uh, thank you for your support again everyone obviously uh, thank you very much uh, Hurley been a great season uh, the league's been absolutely fantastic well done to every team going up uh, commiseration to every team going down but it, it's, I think it's Shropshire cricket is thriving. It's doing very well. Uh, and that is the, uh, the best part of it is we keep going and uh, good luck to the league. Pick a new goes up and down. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being back playing, although I did last season, but playing Shropshire cricket again next season. And Joss, you'll be in the runs next season. You've been in the runs all night from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a great, great year. Great season. Um, on a personal note as well as in general for Shropshire and let's not ever lose sight of what the league do to keep it going because they do they do so much behind the scenes and it's quite easy for us to speak ill of them when they when they make the right decisions they go unnoticed when they make the wrong decisions we talk about it a lot and we're aware of that um so thank you thank you for everything you do and let's bear in mind the work they do and let's keep enjoying our cricket and good luck to everyone next year 
Yeah, and we've got loads of stuff coming in the off-season, so you do not need to worry about that. We've got the history of Shropshire cricket. We're going to be doing some segments on that. We're going to be reviving the My Best 11, along with loads of other features, and we're going to be looking to do some more video content and stuff as well, so do not worry about that. We've got loads of stuff coming up like that, and also we will be doing a reaction podcast when the uh, new structure comes out. But anyway, all that leaves me to say is thank you very much uh joss thank you very much andy another successful season and sorry can i just ask are we doing a division division seven second best team of the year or (laughs) 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 joss you would make it in the third 11 mate but like you at shift (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah no so so many podcasts 49 on out now aren't we we're on on jug avoidance territory the 49 on this one for for just specifically Shropshire League top higher end podcasts only so yeah the next one will be the 50th so um, so when are we doing the next one in four months or five months (laughs) When the season's already started, and we call it the preview. <laughs> Pre season preview pre-season. in September next yeah. year. <laughs> All I'll say is thank you very much, Hill, by the way. It's been really good. Yeah. Well done, another season. Yeah, well done, boys. And uh, yeah, if we can get Andy away from uh, work or his or his phone or Tinder, as it seems to be now. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> then uh, yeah we'll get ourselves together and we'll do some podcasts anyway thank you very much guys until the next time goodbye Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.